Hello, quasi stranger. Hi, friend. So, what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about yoga and how mm. we got started, how we decided to get certified, the misconceptions around yoga, including the need to be quote unquote a yogi to be a yogi. So, what's your story? We never actually talked about this before. I know yoga has been the only consistent thing in my life for, I would say. At this point, over 15 years, close to 15 wow. years. Yep. I started when I was living in New York and it was um, one of those random uh, yoga pop-up sessions and it was hot yoga. I remember it was prana yoga. And I remember I came out drenched and I asked myself, what in the world is this? And I didn't go back. I didn't go back for a long time. I didn't understand it. It was, it felt like it was like too slow for me. Like I was always used to like kickboxing and like cardio. And just like most people, I went back to yoga for the physical aspect of it. So I understood there was a lot of sweating. There was a lot of chaturangas. There was a lot of movement and I would say for like two, three years, it was all about the physicality. And then slowly, slowly, I understood the mental aspect of yoga. And once that hit, it was like the world has opened on a whole different level to me. It wasn't like an epiphany. I, I didn't have this like, you know, grand like, oh my God, yoga is my life. But I started learning how to implement yoga on the mental level a whole lot more. And so the physical aspect of yoga what became secondary, where the mental, what I got out of it on the emotional and everyday level was so strong to me. And so for many, many years, I continued to research and study and learn. And I've always been in the corporate world. And so kind of combining that, you know, you, you just mentioned, like, you don't have to be yogi to be yogi. And I always felt like I wasn't like a yogi enough, because I was mm -hmm. living a corporate world. And although I was a vegetarian at that time, there was still like all of these things, like I'm not flexible enough, I can't do certain asanas, like I couldn't do certain positions, like I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that. And so that was still difficult. Although I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't competitive with, with other people uh, in the mm -hmm. class, I was super competitive with myself. And I was like, mm -hmm. why can't I do this? And I pushed and I pushed and I pushed. And of course, there comes a point where you push yourself too hard, and then you do you damage you do damage to your body. So I, I transferred kind of my my yoga skills, my yoga knowledge, uh, experience and research onto my professional life, my corporate life. And uh, for many years, I did a, what, what was called a corporate by day yogi by life. And I still consider myself that because I mm -hmm. still um, have a full time job and I'm still in the corporate world. But yoga has become like a huge part of my life. And as I said, it's probably the only consistent thing in the last 15 years. So that's that's a quick story uh, of yoga. Oh, and then, you know, to go back into teaching how I went back. So I was living in New York and then I went back to Boston and that's when I decided to do yoga teacher training and it was mm -hmm. a 200 hour and I loved every minute of it. It was on weekends for like a year, I think maybe, or maybe, maybe not that long, mm -hmm. but it was like every weekend and I really enjoyed it. I really loved it. And I wasn't sure if I was going to teach. I did it more on like, let me see what I can get out of it. And then I actually did end up teaching uh, personal sessions uh, for, for a few mm. years. So, and I really enjoyed that. I actually really loved 
teaching yoga. So yeah, that's, uh, that's my quick, quick story of, uh, of how I got into yoga. How about you? What's, what's your story? <laughs> uh, well, I started doing yoga. It was um, around 10 years ago when I was in college. And I actually, yoga is a big part of my um, body acceptance and wellness journey. Because when I first started, it was just because, you know, weight loss. Yeah, like the first things I did was um, videos that were so popular back then, like um, yoga for weight loss videos. Um, I started mm-hmm. doing them and they were pretty much like an Ashtanga style. Mm-hmm. And I came to realize that I hate Ashtanga. I, I really don't like it. And this is like really important. Even if you are a, a regular practicing yogi, you don't have to like every single type of yoga. And mm-hmm. I realized I don't like Ashtanga because it actually like tells you to push through pain like some teachers do. And you know what happens when you push through pain? Injury happens. I have injured myself. Like even as I was doing yoga videos at home, as I was trying to do all those like chaturangas, I actually pulled a lot of muscles (laughs) and I didn't actually enjoy them. But one time I was coming back home, I think it was for um, summer vacation. I was coming back to my parents' house and I was going through a breakup. It was, um, it was a terrible time. I was depressed. I, um, I was riddled with anxiety and I saw a yoga studio. Uh, and I was like, you know what, let me try that. And I, I actually went in. And the first thing I realized that was so different, it was calm. Inside mm-hmm. of the yoga studio was calm. And it was so good for me because um, before then, the regular gym, it seemed like a hostile environment for me. And I know it's not for a lot of people. I know your experience with gyms are very different. You actually like working out in a gym. Mm-hmm. And I hate it because my experiences were uh, mainly around people making uncomfortable jokes around my weight, telling me what to do, telling me to eat less in like five minutes that I'm in. And they come up and they are like, oh, you sure need to lose weight. And I'm like, I'm here to feel good. And they're like, yeah, but you do need to lose weight. And I'm like, okay. So there was no mention of weight when I was in the yoga studio. All they talked about was like being calmer and relaxed and um, taking care of my body. And I felt good. So I started doing yoga and I loved it. It was so good for me because the teacher actually allowed us to change the postures, change the poses to fit to our bodies. And I really enjoyed that. And I realized I wasn't allowing my body to feel its best as I was trying to move it. So to me, yoga means to be comfortable. And I love that. And I loved um, working with my body. And as the journey went along, I realized yoga is just an opportunity for me to meet with my true self every single time that I am on that mat. As I'm practicing, I'm like, oh, this muscle hurts. Hello. Like I've never realized that I'd never used this muscle before. So hello, like being gentle to my body and recognizing my flaws and my assets and things like that. And then as I was convinced into um, having my teacher training, it was also um, 200 hours. It was throughout the year and it was a very stressful year for me. It felt really good to deepen my practice. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed learning about meditation. I really enjoyed about learning different types of yoga. What do you mean you were convinced? Do you feel like you were pressured into it? Oh, I definitely was pressured into it. I'm not like I'm not saying it was a bad thing, but um, there were a lot of teachers there who really liked the idea of a medical doctor becoming a yoga teacher because they thought it would merge two very important worlds together and it would open up new opportunities for the yoga studio to, you know, provide yoga therapy sessions. And it was a good idea. And later I actually 
did take yoga therapy courses from a German orthopedic surgeon. It was a great experience, but I actually never enjoyed teaching yoga. I don't like to be the teacher. I just like to be experiencing yoga. For me, giving instructions is not that fun. So I didn't really do it, but I do practice daily um, till today. Do you practice daily like physically or do you practice, like do you get on the mat every day? I mean, because I don't get on the mat every single day, it's just impossible for me. But I feel like yoga has become such a such an important part of my life, where I carry yoga with me everywhere. When I'm at work, and I go for a walk, uh, before I have a conversation with somebody on the phone, I always have like a mindful walk for like at least five minutes where I just concentrate on my breath. Or if there's like a an intense situation, I always not always actually, <laughs> but usually I go back to my breath to calm my, my nerves, to calm my body down so I can make rational decisions versus a reactive emotional decision that's probably not that great for me. Do you get on the mat every single day? Um, not every single day, but I can easily say at least like four times a week I get on the mat because I think the physical part is important for me as I'm still trying to stop this war with my body that I have, mm-hmm. it's important for me to move my body and um, show it respect. But I can easily say every single day I practice something that has something to do with yoga, meaning I either read a book about the philosophy because it's really important for me, mm-hmm. or I meditate. I try to meditate every single day. But more than that, what I feel like I'm more regular is my breathing. Because I think yeah. breathing is such a big tool, especially in the working environment whenever I'm in a conflict I'm like just turn to your breath like as someone is like yelling at you I try to like turn inward and turn all my senses inward and say okay what's happening how are you feeling how are you it's it's a it's a tool to talk to yourself mm-hmm. and try to understand your feelings and assess your feelings so I do say I practice more in that as- aspect rather than phys- the physical aspect definitely I think it's so important to understand that yoga is such an important tool for professional work as well. I know you use it very efficiently. So let me hear. What do you do? (laughs) So uh, years back, I uh, created this whole thing around myself. Like I really wanted to push yoga into the corporate world because, listen, we're all busy. We're always getting busier. We but we have a really hard time, especially people with those that are going in the office, full-time jobs. We, we have a really hard time to unwind. We have a hard time understanding how this whole body and mind connection works. Mm-hmm. And so I pushed that for a couple of years when I had more time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I consider myself a yogi. I spend a lot of time learning and expanding my knowledge of mm-hmm of yoga and meditation with my professional life because the need for yoga is very, very real, especially in the workforce where we find ourselves like slouched over our computer screens. Like we're always, I mean, our backs are never straight and we're always like typing. We're having issues with our fingers and our hands. Our carpal tunnels syndrome is like so huge we formed these unhealthy habits and Mm. I feel like yoga is a good way 
to allow us to go back to those healthy habits of remembering to straighten our back, remembering to take a walk, remembering to eat a little bit healthier, remembering that this reaction, this emotional reaction is not necessary when there is a confrontation. So mm. I really feel like corporate world needs it more <laughs> than any yeah. than anybody else because we are so stuck in this busy stressful uh, sitting down and so it I know that the habits go back in and back out it's the same thing mm -hmm. for me with meditation where it's like sometimes I meditate like very regularly for months and then I don't meditate at all and so mm -hmm. the good thing about yoga is I feel like a like I would say it doesn't judge All it mm -hmm. wants is for you to get on the mat and for you to utilize it as much as possible to make your life a little bit easier, a little bit deeper, mm -hmm. a little bit happier. So I think it's important to practice the art of yoga whenever you need it, whenever anybody needs it. And it can, the, the greatest thing about yoga is that it can be done anywhere. It can be in the office space, at home, when you're taking a walk or where whatever your personal comfort zone is, it's possible. And mm -hmm. it's important for your inner peace, because I think especially now with, you know, the pandemic and all of these struggles that are going on, our, our inner peace is calling us and telling us like, let's do something because we're all so stressed all the time. So mm. that's why I, I think yoga is so important in the professional corporate world. And I, I would love to push it more and more and more towards that because it really is one of the important keys to keep us sane. I totally agree. I think we can't say that I work in a corporate world. I, but I mean, I work in a hospital all the time. And I am constantly stressed. Everyone I know is stressed. We are running around. We are using our bodies in a not so gentle way. Because talk about a surgeon who does like a 10-hour surgery. Imagine mm -hmm. how much back pain that brings them. Mm -hmm. um, or sometimes I do like 10-hour straight polyclinic work. And that means like me sitting on a computer and having conversations with my patients and sometimes I lose my patience. When I'm so overworked, I almost feel this disconnect from my patients. If you know what I mean, I feel like I lose the sense of togetherness because I'm a human, the person, the patient is a human and we probably have the same experiences, but Because I'm so tired, because I'm so overworked, sometimes I feel like they, I don't, I can't relate to them. And yoga helps me bring myself back and say, wait a minute, this is a human being that's sitting in front of you telling you something that hurts, whether it's just a headache or whether it's a stroke that they had. They have something that hurts them, that saddens them, that makes their life harder. So Yoga helps me to be more compassionate. And I think that's really important. It helps me be kinder to other humans. And I think that's such an important thing to have as a doctor. But other than that, I do advise my patients who can um, do it to learn meditation, to learn um, yoga, to, to learn to relax. Because we know a lot of headache comes from tension, comes from... Um, using your neck muscles, overworking your neck muscles. So I, I try to tell them 
some yoga poses that you can do for your neck or for chronic pain syndromes. It's really helpful. Yoga is really helpful. So I do integrate my yoga knowledge to my medical knowledge. And I, I try to show them alternatives. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you're talking about this because you being a neurologist and I have this fascination with brain fitness and I've read so mm. many different books on brain fitness. And to me, it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And not too long ago where we found out that brain has plasticity, right? We've always yeah. thought that, and uh, when, when I say we, I mean like researchers, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, not me personally, um, that the brain that you are born with is the brain that you have. But thank God we did enough mm -hmm. research and we realized that brain has a lot of plasticity and you can retrain, train, untrain your brain to do anything that it needs to do. You just mm -hmm. will take time. And so do you feel like you being a neurologist and being in the yoga world, do you mm -hmm. feel that's somehow helpful for you to understand the brain even further? Because I have read so much, so many books on, again, like brain fitness, how, how brain works, like how to create habits. And it's kind of, I always feel like there's like this fundamental knowledge that if people knew then it would just be so much easier for everybody else to feel better, like internally. Yeah, yeah. Um, the plasticity and training your brain to do other things, meaning training your mind to think in other ways is so important because what we do is we create some thought patterns and we find ourselves trapped in those thought patterns. And yoga actually teaches us that, wait a minute, you can change these thoughts. You can um, unhinge yourself from your thoughts and you can create new patterns and you can start thinking uh, in new ways instinctively. And meditation helps us do that. And I think it's really important that we talk about how we can find new ways to train our minds, new ways to train our thoughts. And yoga is a big part of that. And I think we can definitely talk about it further in new episodes if also other people want us to talk about it because I think it needs a deeper conversation and a, and a whole new episodes on, on itself. Yeah, for sure. But one thing that I do want to talk about on this episode is I'm sure you've gone through this and I have certainly gone through this on certain levels as well is this misconception that you have to be a certain way to be quote unquote a yogi. Oh God, yes. And there's certain things that I did to that I felt I needed to do in order to be accepted in the yoga world, which oh, yeah. sounds, which sounds so silly to me now when I yeah. say this, but before, and again, uh, I've mentioned this before, it wasn't necessarily competition with others. It was more competition with myself on the things that I can do. And it was mostly physical. A lot of it had to do mm. with the physical positions, with the physical things that I can do to be considered a yogi or like you know mm. headstands handstands like you know crow and all that stuff and what I see on Instagram is just oh honestly pisses me off because that's so not a reality of what yoga is and should be let's talk about some of these like misconceptions that um, I think are important starting with flexibility a lot of people are not flexible from the beginning and mm -hmm. uh, some people are more flexible than others. And then when you go into, especially, I think a lot of it, just, just to back it up a little bit, I think a lot of it has to do with an instructor as well. 
I, I think it, it's the reiteration that you don't have to be like anybody else, I think is also very important. And I think I have had good instructors. And yet inside of me, when I feel like I should be doing better. There was this competition with myself where it's like, okay, you reach this, but now you need to reach more because like other yogis are doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think flexibility is one of them. We, and, and again, like we were just talking about brain plasticity. It's the same thing with flexibility. I mean, yes, maybe you'll never reach to do a, a split, mm -hmm. but you can certainly get very close to it if you practice, right? Mm -hmm. But the key is to practice it properly and correctly. Definitely. I've seen so many people um, hurt themselves as they're trying to do splits or as they're trying to like do forward bends. I've seen so many people who hurt their like people who had dyskernias made it so much worse trying to do yoga and like do all these like forward folds. And it's m so important to do it safely. But if you see an instructor doing like full splits and telling you this is how it should look, the brain tells you that's how your body should function. And you right. force yourself into it. Because like if you're in a room with 15 people who are doing splits and you're like nowhere near, it takes a toll on you because you feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. And you said this before, and I love it, feeling like not yogi enough is such a big oxymoron for me because being you is enough. Right. Being just you is enough of a yogi that, you know, yoga needs. Yoga only needs you to be you and show up. And it doesn't need you to do like headstands. And I definitely felt that pressure around yoga communities to be thinner and fitter mm -hmm. because they all were they were like really slender looking incredibly um, model-like in their yoga pant pants and they were looking so graceful I thought mm -hmm. and I thought I should get you know lose weight I should lose weight I should look like them and if I don't look like them no one would take me seriously if I try to try to teach yoga mm -hmm. and that's so sad mm -hmm. because I know somewhere someone needs to see a person like me teaching because they will feel their, themselves closer to yoga. I think back in the day, even like five years ago, back in the day, five years ago, <laughs> <laughs> five years ago, the, the yoga community was, you're right, slimmer, smaller. And it's, and it's still, mm -hmm. by the way, as much as the fuller figures have come out, they oh, it's predominantly like thin, white, um, yeah, woman, cis yeah. woman, actually. Exactly. And, you know, on top of that, I think is social media also creates all of these crazy misconceptions because all we oh. see is perfection. All we see are these beautiful, bendy women who can do mm -hmm. things that we will never be able to do. And, you know, I'm okay with it now, but... Mm -hmm give me like 10 years ago, I was definitely, oh, I really want to do that. Like, but what the, again, the misconception is that like yoga is not about doing the deepest bend or the, the highest headstand or, you know, whatever it might mm. be. Yoga is actually really simple. It's like the fundamentals are like very, very simple, you know, to go back actually the history of yoga the, the positions were brought into this asanas were brought into the westerners because that's what westerners wanted in reality yoga yeah. yoga was just meditation yoga was yeah. never a physical exercise so 
uh, because Westerners mm-hmm. weren't interested in meditation. They wanted something else. And so to get Westerners interested, they created these poses. And when you see all of these Instagrammers and Facebookers and all that stuff doing these amazing, by the way, amazing, amazing postures, amazing poses, but it makes you think like, should, should I be doing that? Like, is that what I need to get to in order to be a yogi? Of course not. I mean, if you like, if you type yoga on Instagram, all you see is people making yoga asanas really acrobatic on top of mosques, on top of temples, on top of mountains. Mm. And you feel like, oh, this is like what I should be doing because it looks cool. It mm-hmm. looks really cool. They have all these like colorful outfits. They look really fit. They look very strong. And I'm sure they're strong, but I know a lot of people actually edit their photos to erase their stomachs in like mm-hmm. certain poses. I know a lot of people who make their legs slimmer in like in certain poses because you push your fat around. It saddens me because, like you said, yoga history, like the original asana is sukhasana, meaning to sit in a cross-leg mm-hmm. position that's the only asana there there was only main goal of yoga is to find inner peace you can find inner peace doing a hand, handstand on top of a mountain that's good but i probably won't find inner peace there right and i think it's really important to be for other people to understand that this is not the goal of yoga this is just a cool variation that someone did and also like on instagram i see a lot of people telling you can't be a yogi if you're not vegetarian or vegan or plant-based and i feel like this is an interpretation of do no harm principle of yoga Uh because in india the majority is vegetarian they don't eat meat because they consider animals to be sacred and that's good but you don't have to I feel like you don't have to take every single aspect to find benefits of yoga. So I'm personally not there yet. I do wish to eat more plant-based and I'm working towards it, but I don't feel the pressure to be vegan to be called, quote unquote, yogi, a yogi. So I was a vegetarian for a little bit over 10 years and it is sad to say, but I feel felt better being a yogi and a vegetarian like it made me feel better like I was like I don't eat meat now I do consume meat but before it was almost like I was proud to be vegetarian because it was a more accepting thing in the yoga community I know it sounds so Mm. silly it sounds so silly and by the way I did not become a vegetarian because of the yoga community for some reason for what I even remember this like I became pescatarian like I stopped eating um, meat and I was eating Mm. fish and then it was like a very gradual thing and it just like my body didn't want meat anymore and Mm. once my body did want meat which was like two years ago I think I started eating meat again you know I I allowed it because this is what Mm. my body needed what my body wanted so but yeah I had this thought in my head like oh I'm a vegetarian and I'm a yogi like it was I don't don't know I don't even know how to explain it but it, it went to me in my head it went better together to be a yogi and a vegetarian Mm. Now, now I'm a yogi and a meat eater, but and it still sounds good, but not as good as a vegetarian. I know it mm. sounds odd, like when I say this out loud, but that's the truth. I think what we hear from the yogurt community is that like being vegetarian gives you a higher moral value. Right. That's why you feel so good not eating meat. You're like, I'm doing no harm to any animals, but 
you're probably doing some harm in other ways. If you're buying like a leather shoe, you're still of course consuming an animal. Like I think it's very tricky and I think it's a whole new subject on its own, but I think it's important to point out again, you don't have to partake in every single aspect of a community to benefit from a practice. For example, I always felt the pressure to be good vibes only. Yeah. And this is the only way I know how to like explain it. In the yoga community there is like this pressure to always be calm and, calm. and nice and kind and, and nice like and no emotions, no bad emotions, no anger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nothing bad ever comes out of your mouth or you're never angry or you're always calm and you're always kind. And to be honest, I don't think that's human. I don't think that's possible. I don't even not only do I not think it's human but I also think that yogis <laughs> the yogis that I have have had the pleasure to to work with and to be with they're just like everybody else they get just as angry they ju- get just as agitated but I think the difference is that they are aware of their emotion I think mm. that's a difference is because yoga teaches you how to become aware of yourself, your emotions, your feelings, where there's so many people who are not aware, who don't understand that they're angry mm-hmm. or where the anger is coming from. And I think that's a positive of what yoga teaches you because once you're aware, then you can change or you can learn how to change your behavior. I totally agree. And also uh, my personal experience is the people who try to present themselves as ever so kind, ever so gentle, ever so positive, to me tend to be so suppressed that something comes out eventually. And it's usually unprocessed anger. And I feel like I've never actually had deep connections with those people because I felt like there was something missing in our relationships. But some of the amazing yogis I've I've encountered with have dealt with their emotions so honestly. And I think that's so important in yoga. I remember one time um, a teacher of mine told me, I feel angry and I don't know why I feel angry. Please let me process this. And I thought that was such a healthy way to go around it because there was a, it was a conflict between uh, us. And she was like, let me process this and I'll get back to you in a few days. So please give me space and respect. And I was like, I've learned from that conflict. I was like, this is incredible. This is such an incredible boundary and so much respect for her emotion. This is incredibly good. So I feel that's a much more manageable and healthier approach to emotions. Absolutely. And the last thing that I think is uh, not necessarily a misconception, but why men are so afraid of yoga. I have no idea. I know. And I think they are. Right. So now I think more men attend yoga classes, but even now, still, yoga is known to be this feminine, not enough exercise, not masculine enough. Mm. Um, soft like I don't want to talk about my feelings or you know things Mm. like that so I think there's this misconception that yoga is not for men where Mm. in reality I think it should be complete opposite I think all men should be in yoga (laughs) should attend yoga definitely I think every single man I know can benefit from sitting quietly for five minutes and listening to their own thoughts so that would they would realize what's coming out of their mouths so yeah yeah For sure. So again, you know, we just went over all of these misconceptions. There's so many more. But the truth is that yoga is 
non-judgmental. Yoga mm-hmm. can be done anywhere and everywhere. It's a connection that you create that you understand between body and mind. And mm-hmm. it brings awareness to your everyday life. I think it has the ability to change anybody's life to a more positive, a more useful, a more sustainable way of living. Yoga is about riding the life wave. So like life is not always peachy. Life is not always happy. Life is not always what you want it to be, but Mm -hmm. that's okay. It's a matter of understanding that it will get better and it always Mm -hmm. does. At the same time, yoga teaches you not to have this volatile emotional stress of happy, sad, angry. These are all great emotions and good feelings, but it's about being able to manage them and not react to them, but have Mm -hmm. a way to sit with them and deal with them in a very healthy way. So per usual, don't keep yourself quiet. Let us know you're with us. Like, subscribe, share, and comment. And let us know your yoga journey, if you've had it, if you're having it, or if you're planning on having one in the future. Until next time, quasi stranger. Bye, friend.